Welcome back to The Morning Elixir, a podcast created to bring more magic into your life by showing you the many ways that you are already magic. I hope that you're doing well whenever and wherever you're listening to this episode from. And if you're in California, my heart goes out to you. I just, I can't believe everything that's happening over there and all of the fires. It's really beyond words just awful so I'm really thinking about you guys and I'm so sorry and I hope that I hope that you're okay and just know that you have a lot of thoughts and prayers coming from a lot of different places um but anyway today not to take away from that but today I want to talk about something that I think everyone has a lot of opinions about And I'm excited to talk about it because I haven't yet on this podcast, and that is dating apps and specifically why I decided to delete dating apps off of my phone again a week ago. So I'm going to start with um, a hungover day that I had last. I mean, it doesn't matter. The timing doesn't matter. But recently, I went out with some friends for a birthday and ended up staying out, which I really don't do that often. I mean, if you listen to my nerd cast, you know that I'm not that fun. So it's a rare occasion when I actually go out and commit to being out. And then the next day as a repercussion of my behaviors, I was very hungover and just felt very weird. But luckily, my good girlfriend who I went out with was in a very similar boat and she brought me coffee and then we spent basically the entire day sitting in the same place just talking about a lot of different things and one of the things that we were talking about was dating and the complexities of dating and specifically apps and just the whole gamut because it's a fun conversation to have because no one really knows answers so there's a lot of different ways to go um And I want to point out that we were not sitting and bitching necessarily about, you know, dating and how hard it is and all that stuff. I mean, that was kind of the conversation, but it was more thoughtful than that, which is why it inspired this episode. So hang with me. But after kind of going through the, you know, trials and tribulations, stories about our personal experiences, stories of friends, we both came to the conclusion that right now we're really anti-dating app. Um, and that's not to say that we, or I specifically, I'm not going to speak for her, but that I will always be off the dating apps. I know that I could say all of this and then download one again in a month from now. I don't know. So I'm not holding myself to it and I'm not holding anyone else to this information too. I'm just delivering a new perspective. So end of the day, kind of go through all of these thoughts, which I'll get into now. And then I just decided that I'm done with them for the moment. 
maybe forever. I don't know. But at least for right now, I'm done. And I'm going to tell you why. But first, playing devil's advocate with myself, why are dating apps good? Why, if you're a single person, these can be a good thing? Because I do think they can be a good thing. And here's my list of five reasons why. The first one is that they're really good practice. So if you're just interested in dating or you want to get yourself back out there again, going on these random dates via app is a really good way to kind of test your social skills. (laughs) Can you carry a conversation? (laughs) What types of things are you interested in? What are you not interested in? Where are the good new places to go? I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to just have conversation with someone you know not at all and they know nothing about you and you know nothing about them and it's good practice. The second thing is that it's a really productive way to tell the universe and kind of get your energy out into the world that you're ready to meet people. I do believe in that. I think that if you do want to meet someone, you kind of have to start acting on it and put your energy out there in that way. So by using a dating app and by physically going out there and you know, putting your <laughs> time, your free time in, in that direction, then you're communicating that you're open to meeting someone, which is good. It's productive. Um, the third thing is that inevitably you'll come out of it with some good experiences, some bad experiences, but always stories. I have lots of stories, as do my friends. And four, you may meet some really good people. I mean, I've met a lot of cool people and had good conversations, a lot of which, you know, I never see again, some of which I do see again, but it's it's interesting. It's a good social experiment. And then the fifth reason is you very well could meet someone. I have friends who are who have and are marrying people that they met on apps or online. So it definitely can yield results. <laughs> That's a weird way to put getting to a relationship. But yeah, you can absolutely meet someone on there that you click with, which is great. Um, But now the flip side. And this is why at the moment I'm really, really over them. And I think why my friend is as well. Again, I won't pull her into this, but this was kind of our conversation. So the first reason I'm over the apps is that they're really overwhelming. The last time I had, I had Hinge on my phone And I was connected with 200 people and there were more like pending to be sorted through. And that's just a ridiculous number of people. That's if you think about it, if I had 200 people in a room, what, what am I doing with that? I'm, I'm an introvert. I can't handle that many people. So that just was stressing me out. The second thing, um, is that, and this is a a big one, so I have it listed as number two, but it's probably one of the biggest ones. They are very dehumanizing. And people will say this, even, you know, just people that you meet, it feels like a game. It feels like you're scrolling through, I don't know, baseball cards or something. I haven't played baseball cards, but it just, no one actually feels like a real person after a while. You're just kind of flipping, 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 And you start to forget that these are actual humans walking around your city with experiences and feelings and, you know, preferences and things that they're looking for. It just 
really loses the aspect of humanity, these apps. Um, The third is it's another thing to keep you on your phone, which kind of ties back to number one and it being overwhelming. But if you really want anything to come to fruition on the app, it takes a lot of time because not only do you have to sort through 200 people or an infinite number of people, but then you have to have conversations and constantly be checking back and just, again, always on your phone. And I personally, once I'm done with work and sitting in front of screens all day, I just don't want to be on it anymore. I don't want to get home and then have to work at these apps, at this people sorting mechanism. Um, And then number four, I think that it's kind of cutting us off from meeting people out in the wild. And this could be a broad generalization, and I don't think it's entirely true, but I think it is somewhat true, and that the energy has really changed when you are out. I think that we've become so used to these apps and meeting people in this way that generally people are a little bit less open to going up to people in bars or whatever, I don't know, out in the wild, in a coffee shop maybe, a bookstore, because you don't have to. It's like made us all a little bit more lazy or a little bit closed off in that sense, Um, which is something that I've observed and kind of picked up on. And even when I was out, you can see that people are out and on their phones, which is an annoying thing about phones, but you could be next to someone, standing next to someone that's great that you would talk to, but you're not talking to them because the way that you think about dating now is via these apps, these games on your phone. And then the fifth thing is that it's really impacting everybody. This is changing the way that everyone is thinking about dating and meeting new people um, for better, for worse. I don't know, but everyone definitely is affected by this new way of finding relationships or significant others, which is why when my friend and I were talking about it in deleting the apps, we were like, should we start a movement? Because if everybody deletes them, then everybody has to be more open to just talking to people that look interesting to you. Um, So yeah, that's kind of both sides of the argument where I am and then the devil's advocate of how I'm feeling about it. So in thinking about all this, I started to go online and research, well, what does the internet have to say about dating apps and relationships today and all that good stuff? And honestly, it really depends who you're reading from because there's clear and convincing arguments from both sides. So whatever you want to find the information that you want to get on these apps to prove your point that they're great or that they're not. I mean, you'll find exactly what you're looking for, uh, which I know doesn't seem that helpful, but there was one little blurb that I came across in this article on The Verge. Um, And this article is titled, I'll link to it, but it's why are we still debating dating apps? Fair, totally fair, Verge. And this was the portion of it that I really liked. So I'm going to read it. 
But amid all this chatter, it was obvious that the fundamental problem with dating apps is the fundamental problem with every technological innovation, cultural lag. We haven't had these tools for long enough to have a clear idea of how we're supposed to use them. What's considerate, what's kind, what's logical, what's cruel. An hour and 40 minutes of swiping to find one person to go on a date with is really not that daunting compared to the idea of standing around a few different bars for four hours and finding no one worth talking to. At the same time, we know what's expected from us in face-to-face conversation, and we know much less about what we're supposed to do with a contextless baseball card and a messaging thread you have to actively remember to look at at work when you're connected to Wi-Fi. Um, I think that this is really interesting because I do think a lot about how we get new technology so often and so quickly, and there really is a learning period for all of it before we know how to properly integrate it and use it in our lives. And I'm going to reference one of my (laughs) favorite humans, someone I 100,000% want to date. Um, John Mayer, love him, right? Kind of weird. But sometimes when I'm in um, places where I'm looking to go into a deep YouTube hole, I just look for old interviews with him. I know it's just, you can judge me if you want to. I really, he's kind of my ideal human. But anyway, one of these interviews that I found with John Mayer, I don't remember where it was, so I'm not going to link to it. Maybe I will if I find in the hole again, but he was talking about how this similar thing, how we abuse technology until we get how to use it and then we stop abusing it. And he said, even when we first, you know, everyone was first using telephones or cell phones, we abused the medium of phone calling. There was a line that you could call for jokes. There was a line that you could call for weather. There was a line that you could call for news, like anything that you could call and get audibly on the phone there was a line for everything I remember the breakup hotline and I thought that was the funniest thing like there were so many things that you could do on the telephone and now we've kind of come to this realization that the best usage for the phone is appointments like emergency situations close people that you need to catch up with kind of quick communication um but you don't need to call in to hear the weather. That would be so silly. Granted, we have new mediums now to do that. But I like this idea. I like this idea that humans kind of relentlessly abuse something until we learn how to use it well. When I say it like that, it doesn't sound as good as it sounded in my mind. But the same thing is true with Facebook. Um, and maybe it's also, I don't know if we learn how to use it well or if we kind of adapt and grow out of it and evolve and then leave it behind. But with Facebook, when that first started, it was this ridiculous social mechanism. And it was a way of kind of proving friendships and proving inside jokes by posting on each other's wall and, you know, who's tagged in the most photos and who's doing this and that. And it was really excessive. I remember feeling on days when someone posted on my wall so good and like I had it all together and then on days when no one posted I would just feel like such a loser and that was my measure of how much I was fitting in or fitting out. And now Facebook is 
a tool for groups. I definitely use the groups on Facebook for community and and things that I'm learning or things that I'm involved in. I also get a lot of news on there. And then I keep in touch with or just see like a very select group of people. My actual, my my original Facebook page I deleted um, or deactivated. And then when I moved to New York, I just started fresh. So I don't have that many connections on it anymore, which is nice. But I think that people and not all people, there are some older people sorry, baby boomer babies that kind of abuse it still. <laughs> but for my generation and kind of the younger generations and I don't know, Gen Z, it's not as it was when it first launched. So maybe this could be an argument with dating apps. Maybe we're just completely abusing them right now because we haven't figured out the right rhythm, the right way to integrate them into finding relationships and into dating um, because it does feel really excessive and really unbalanced at the moment. I mean, that many connections and that much time and that much effort, it just seems that, I don't know, something about it, it just does not rub me the right way. And then this idea that people are kind of disposable, like there's always something better on the next swipe, which I think is why you lose so many guys on it specifically, because they could match with someone that looks cool, but then you know, they could look at my profile and be like, yeah, she's cool, but there could be someone hotter <laughs> five swipes away and keep going forever. Um, so that's that's my thought. And with the dating apps, maybe we aren't using them in the right way. So maybe we're kind of learning how. But in the meantime, what do you do? So in the meantime, if you are interested in a relationship or you are interested in putting yourself out there, meeting someone or whatever it is, what should you be doing and what should you be working on? Especially if maybe you've decided to go my route and delete all of this nonsense off your phone because it's very stressful. I have I have some ideas. I was listening to um, an Almost 30 podcast recently with Michaela uh, Boehm and she recently wrote a book called The Wild Woman's uh, da, 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 the Wild Woman's Way. And it's her podcast episode is called Practical Tantra, A Pleasure-Filled Life. And I will be the first to admit that when I read the title of this podcast, I judged it and was not sure if I wanted to listen to it because personally, I do not identify with Wild Woman. That seems a little intimidating to me. Again, nerd over here, <laughs> the less fun person. Um, but I kind of, I decided to open up and give it a shot and I'm really happy that I did because it was a really, really interesting episode. And also to anyone who hears the word Tantra and immediately thinks sex, that is true. I mean, there are a lot of sexual aspects to Tantra, but that's not fully what it is at all. Tantra and Tantric yoga is basically just a fancy way of saying, or it is the practice of using your body to learn more about your energetics and yourself spiritually and kind of learn where you're at in life. So Michaela said this in the episode, people were asking about, or one of the questions was like, how do you find, 
how do you find what's working for you or how do you know what's working and what isn't? And the first thing that she says was you listen to everything that your body is telling you because your body does not lie. Your body does not forget anything. Your mind can construe and forget and leave behind and black out whatever it wants to, to try to keep you safe. But the amazing thing about your body is that it doesn't. You hold everything in your body and your body will never, ever lie to you. Um, And that's kind of the essence of Tantra. So side tangent there, in case you were curious about what that is. Anyway, a lot of what Michaela spoke about in this episode was having to do with relationships as part of a pleasure-filled life, right? Is finding partnership, not again, sexual pleasure, but just pleasure and finding a companion because that's a big part of humans. Humans need, we need relationships. Um, But her advice, and I thought it was really great. The first thing that she said, if you want to pull in some sort of relationship or you want a companion is to decide what you want, And this is a loaded question because a lot of people, myself included, are like, well, what do you want? And you say, I don't know. I want a lot of things. It's like I want everything and nothing. I don't know what I want. My list changes all the time. But she kind of broke it down into smaller steps, which I will read to you because I thought it was helpful. So the first thing that she says is decide what you want out of life. And again, there could be a lot of answers to this. So just solidify down to what's important to you right now. I mean, do you want to really prioritize traveling and living abroad? Do you want to have a family in the next two years? Do you want to own your own business? Do you want to really focus on a career? Do you want to focus on a family? Do you want to have both? Like solidify the things that are the most important to you. And then from there, you ask the question, okay, well, what type of person would fit into this life that I want? What are some of the characteristics or the things that this person would need to have? And, you know, if you're living, if you want to live a life abroad or you want to really focus on travel, then having or bringing someone into your life that has a really solid same place, same time, every day, nine to five, rigid job, that might not be the right fit for you. And on the flip side, let's say you want to start a family in the next two years, then you probably don't want to go for the vagabond, you know, world traveler photographer. That might not be the right fit for you either, even if they seem awesome. So She makes a really good point. Think about what you want out of life. Think about the type of person that would fit into this life that you want. And then the third thing is what types of things could you offer that type of person? Every relationship has to be symbiotic. There has to be some give on both sides. So I thought that that was really a smart way to think about it. It makes that question a little bit less daunting. And then the second thing that she said is stand by what you want. Don't compromise. Once you know what it is that you want in a partner and what you want out of life, then just be powerful in that knowing and and stick with it. And this brings me back to the Universal Tests episode and specifically Lacey Phillips. Um, I think I said this before, but I'll say it again because I think it's a really important message. And that is the universe will test you over and over again to see if you're really ready to receive what it is that you want. And with relationships in particular, she says that 
you'll get dealt something that's really close that checks off some of the boxes, but something won't be there. And you have to say no. You have to say no because then the universe will know that you're ready for the real thing. Um, And that is actually, going back to the dating apps, that is the best gift that the apps have given me, especially as of late, is this ability to say no. So a personal story, I met someone um, through an app like a couple of months ago and we saw each other, we saw each other quite a few times and he was great, really nice, attractive, like cool background from a cool place. And there were a lot of things that on paper would have looked like they were there and I could kind of feeling it getting to this juncture of is this going to become something or not it was like enough times and enough communication where it was kind of going to go in one of those two directions and I realized I just had a couple of things happen and a couple of things in the conversation but mostly this gut instinctual feeling which I know I have to trust because I have a very strong physical gut that points me to what's right and what isn't. And I knew that this just was not the right thing for me. And so after the last time we saw each other, I sent him a note because I'm not ghosting anymore. I'm getting rid of my ghosting energy. And I just said, hey, it's been really great. But honestly, I think that we're just looking for different things. And, you know, I don't want to drag this out any longer than I don't want to be dishonest with you and it felt really good to do that and it felt really it it was a new feeling for me because I haven't really done that before in that way and there's something so powerful about standing by what it is that you want and you what you need and saying no And that was a really great experience that did come from the apps. It's just, I I want for everyone to be able to say no to something that that looks good, but that isn't right for them. And that's hard, especially early on in relationships. um, you, You can get really involved in something that you know isn't perfectly right for you just because it feels good to get in it or it feels good to have that validation or it feels good to be liked and wanted by someone else and we all have to have those relationships and those experiences but it takes it to a whole new level when you really stand by yourself and stand by what you want and what you need even if it means saying no to something that on paper could look good so plus one for the apps um Okay. Oh, okay. Another thing that I want to talk about quickly and then we'll wrap this up. This was another really interesting point from Michaela in that podcast episode, the Almost 30 podcast episode. She talked about the two major mistakes that women make. Sorry, guys, this is girl specific. I mean, I guess guys could do this too. So listen up either way, but that women make when looking for a relationship or a partner. The first one is that we think that the guy or girl we are looking for wants qualities in a partner that they exhibit in themselves. So for instance, someone that is 
outspoken, life of the party outgoing would want a partner with similar qualities. And she said this is a really big mistake because it's false. And a lot of the time, someone that exhibits those traits all day wants to be able to go home and and be in a partnership with someone where they don't exactly have to act in that same way where they can kind of find balance. And I thought that was really interesting because as someone who is more quiet on the introverted side, that would be something that if I was looking at a guy and I saw that they were like kind of this vibrant, energetic person, I could be, I would absolutely have that mindset. Like, no, I'm not the right fit for that because I'm not that way. Something to think about. And then the second one is really hits the nail on the head. She said, the second biggest mistake that we make is we date potential. Oh my God. Everybody has done this. You meet someone and you're like, oh, well, they have the potential to be successful or they have the potential to really get it together. They have the potential to not do this or change this habit or whatever, you know, just spend some time with me and you'll be a beaming, perfect human. Kidding. I've never done that. Um, But I thought this was so interesting. Dating potential is a big mistake. And she said that women specifically really do this because we're bred to see potential. We give birth to babies and have to look at them and think, oh, this this tiny little squishy cute blob has the potential to be an amazing, smart, individual human being. And we look at crappy apartments and walk into them and see the potential of them becoming a comfortable home. And it's really in our it's in our our makeup as as women to see potential in things but she said that you can't do that with a partner because it's not it's not fair it it doesn't give them it it just kind of takes away from who they are and for me personally i don't want to change anyone that i'm with ever i don't i've already made that mistake and it didn't work out <laughs> and I just want to be with someone and, and really appreciate them for exactly as they are. I'm not here to change anyone, even as a quote-unquote healer. A healer's job isn't to change anyone. It's just to reflect back to people who their authentic selves are so that they can make changes for themselves if they want to. So I thought that was really good. Um Okay, so where's the magic in dating, in deleting the dating apps or keeping the dating apps? And I think that the magic here is to not be a dating victim because you aren't. Or maybe we all are dating victims and then we're all on the same page. But give yourself more power than that. You don't have to feel victim to the system or victim to the dating app or whatever. If the apps aren't working for you, great. Get rid of them. Open your energy up in a different way that says, you know, I'm no longer putting energy into dating in this medium. Instead, I'll be super open when I'm at a new place or see someone that I think is intriguing or attractive and just be open that it's possible to meet someone in a different way. Or If you love the dating apps, then amazing. Keep doing that. But really make conscious choices about these things 
and stand in your power because you are not a victim. You can choose to play this dating game however you want to play it. And the second thing that I think will create magic here where the magic lies is just finding a lot of humor in the whole process because no matter what you go through or what your friends go through, <laughs> while it can seem, you know, traumatic or a bummer or whatever at the time, it's it's pretty funny. It's all pretty funny. So just laugh at it. Have some humility. It's a, it's just, it all works out in the end. <laughs> okay, that's all for this episode. Um, I will link to extra resources. I have the article from The Verge. I have the Almost Podcast episode with Michaela. I'll also link to her book, The Wild Woman's Way, which I want to read. So I will read it and then update you guys. Um, and if it's good or not, or if you read it, please tell me, because I think she's a very grounded person with a lot of interesting insights. I also am linking to Lacey Phillips again, and then I have this kind of eccentric spiritual woman that I listen to her podcast. Her name is Mary Jo Puglio, and she's really out there, so just keep that in mind before you listen. She's something, but she published an episode recently on Twin Flames and Soulmates that I thought was really interesting. There's some good info in there, so if, if that piques your interest at all you can look at that too um and that's all if you enjoyed this podcast please rate and review me on itunes it's super helpful share it with a friend find me on instagram at the morning elixir and you can always email me as well the morning elixir gmail.com and that is all angels i hope you have a great week love you sending my love and prayers to california too still and i will talk to you again soon bye